Welcome to the Nerdtastic Podcast. Yeah, let's do this. It's going to span comics, movies, TV, games, anime, whatever we can throw out there, we're going to throw out there. It's a constant battle. This one is a nerd fight. Just like oh, all those tiny baiters. You guys know I'm very easily entertained. Put your tray tables up and your seats in the full upright position and get ready for the Nerdtastic Podcast. Welcome to the Nerdtastic Podcast. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Desmond, and I'm joined tonight by one other co-host. Rose, it's me. That- and I'm Kern. And I'm <laughs> Chris. We're all yeah. here. No one's here. No one's here. We, we, we actually... <laughs> We actually had a guest set up for this one, Kern and uh, Brandon. I'm sorry, uh, bend him over slash beat him down from Colt 45 was supposed to be here, but they both had uh, kids come kids. up. So, yeah, well, I mean, not like they just now had kids. <laughs> they have kids, and uh, you know, they 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 had to take care of adult stuff and sleep. Yeah, so it's just me and Rose, and what we're gonna what we're gonna do is. Sorry, hold on. My dog's playing with the squeaky toy now. No, Sorry. dog. It's like your child. We're having I'm child problems. Yeah, and she's really not having it with me. She's <laughs> like, no, it's mine. You can't take it. So now she'll be crying probably instead. Because she was like, I, I wanted it. I wanted my squeaky toy, and now you took it away. Um, so anyway, it's just the two of us. But nonetheless, we have seen... The 18th film in the MCU. Yeah. And it was a good one. I can't believe it's 18 films. You know, it's only been 10 years since Iron Man. Jeez. So many movies. Too many movies? I don't know. I don't know. It's not like... I mean, I definitely feel like there's a lot of them, but I never... With the Marvel movies, at least, I never feel like... Ugh, another Marvel movie. I'm like, Uh, oh, another Marvel movie. Yeah, maybe we'll find out if they've gotten better, worse, stayed the same because we're now at the latest one and dropped a week ago. So uh let's let let's let's talk about this uh just generally here. We don't have any news or anything. We were planning for a four person panel on this. So uh <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You know, it might be a little short, but you know, it will be full of great opinions. It'll be full of talking. Yeah. Some words uh, uh, will be said. So it's Black Panther. My uh, my tweet review of this is going to be highly, highly entertaining. Very well done. Excellently, enter- excellently executed. Probably the best Marvel movie since The Winter Soldier. Yeah. And definitely fights to be in the top five. It might even be in the top three for me. Yeah, that's the thing. I was trying to decide if it was in my top three. I think it is in my top three, actually. It's like, it was, it blew me away in a way that, you know, because I guess, I guess with the Marvel movies, you you know what to expect. It's going to be a good movie. Um, But you, but with this one, it was like, I don't know, they, they really, some of the places where Marvel movies kind of fall short. Or don't give you that that same feeling that they used to give you back in the day when they were brand new. This one, this one did it. This one did it for me. Uh, I mean, yeah, it definitely works. I mean, on a scale, I'd give it a grade. I'd say A minus. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, I think it's a great film, you know, eight out of 10, whatever you want to call it. It's, it's an A minus for me. That's, that's uh, I, I don't have any real complaints. I think it suffers from general Marvel issues, but I think overall it's amazing. Like it, the direction's perfect. The cinematography is great. The acting is probably the best acting we've seen in a Marvel movie in yeah. a very, very long time, if not ever. They were like, um, they were like, they introduced a lot of characters too, and I didn't feel like necessarily. I didn't feel like they're all of them at least were one dimensional. We got some really good feel for quite a few of them, so I thought that was really well done. Yeah, I mean, let, let's go ahead and throw out the spoiler tag because I don't think there's much more we could say without getting spoilers. A little bit spoilery here. Uh, my my biggest thing on the spoilers is, man, yeah, you're right. They crammed a lot of people in there. We even got two villains, which yeah. I would say is a, a normal Marvel issue of what do we do with the villain? Yeah. And having one too many or two too many or three too many. I thought this is probably the best multi-villain film we've got. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because uh, I, I, hats off, I know everyone's gone crazy about Michael B. Jordan's yeah. Killmonger. Uh-huh. And it's good. It's yeah. good. But it's weaker than Claw to me. I think Andy Serkis steals every scene Ooh, he's in. Yeah. Because he's just crazy. Like, I don't know oh, if yeah. he's just like, he's, oh, man, that character actor thing. You know, he's got it down. He is just like this insane. I don't know if he's like bringing over freaking Gollum from Lord of the Rings or what, but he is just, I loved him. He was insane and off the handle and it was just like, wow. I mean, my, <laughs> my, my bit, my biggest thing for, for me was dude was massive. Yeah. I didn't know Andy circus was that huge. I don't dude think he's always massive. been that huge. No. And he's like, <laughs> he's, he's, he's over 50 man. Like, to be that kind of crazy, and he brought the right kind of crazy. Like yeah. he brought the crazy that I wish Jared Leto had brought to the Joker. Yeah, exactly. Like, like Andy Serkis for everything. Andy Serkis is probably the most underrated actor we have. I, uh, I think I would agree. I mean, his Snoke is uh, is really good. When I went, because I was trying to think about it, right? Yeah. I was like, man, his Snoke is actually probably the, some of the best acting in those movies, mm-hmm. and his King Kong is fucking amazing and Gollum is you know probably the better parts and his Caesar is human in Planet of the Apes I'm just sitting here like god dang the dude is everything he's in he just tears up and this one him not having to be behind the mask here's the thing when I watch those other movies I don't feel like I'm losing anything in the performance right yeah but seeing him now act, you do. <laughs> but seeing him act, well, he, the other movie I saw was a uh, he was with Simon Pegg, right? And uh-huh. uh, oh, what was the name of that movie? Burke, uh, the body snatching movie, right? Where they were uh, they were oh, body okay. snatchers. Yeah, I didn't see They're, that one. They were but... body snatchers. I can't remember the name, but like he was really great in that. And now I see him in this. I'm like, man, it's been so long since I've seen just Andy Circus do Andy Circus. And usually he's like bit parts, right? Yeah. And I was like, man, he like you don't lose anything, but you do. Yeah. Like, does that make sense? I don't know if that makes sense, but uh. Yeah. No, I get it. It's like, oh wow, it's you can see how good he is behind the mask and behind all the CGI and everything. Yeah. So pulling all that away and letting him be him, one hundred percent. 
it's like, oh damn, he's he's really good. <laughs> yeah, no, I seriously like if you haven't seen Burke and Hare, I don't think it has good reviews, but I watched it and it is it it's amazing. It's Simon Pegg and Andy Circus. Just I don't think I have to say more than that. Yeah. And, but I would, yeah, I, I've seen him do that, and it's a little comical, obviously. But this character, this Claw, I, I just want to get it out first because he's not really integral to the plot. I mean, he has a role, and he, he helps to like, flesh out Wakanda and the history of the Black Panther and stuff. But I just have to shout him out because we're probably not going to mention him again. But dude was just, oh, my God. Yeah. Sorry. Probably yep. went on a little bit about, about that. Andy Serkis, but that's okay because I think he deserves all of that love and more. Um, so yeah, that, that I mean, that's why I wanted to throw out the spoiler tag and talk about the two ones. Um, I guess we can kind of start with the beginning, Rose. If you want to explain like how we open, because it starts, of course, as all Marvel Marvel movies want to do now, in the past. In the past, yeah, it just like starts off and it's like. Showing, I guess you find out it was the king's brother, um, and he is like, like a, it looks like a gangbanger in L.A., just like, or New York, I guess. Did we? No, it's Oakland. California, right? It's, oh, an, yeah. it's Oakland. Yeah, that's what yeah. I thought. Um, I I wanted to see this movie a second time, but I I wasn't able to get out to see it uh, to get these details down, but um, the. Yeah, so he's like a gangbanger in Oakland, um, and it's just, it's really weird to be like, oh, why is this, why is this, uh, uh, like, brother of the king in Oakland running guns? Like, this is weird. Uh, so that definitely started off a little strange, and I, I didn't quite get it at the very beginning. I was like, what's, what's actually going on here? Um... But the, yeah, so I guess the idea is that uh, Wakanda does that. They send out, like, not necessarily sleeper agents, but kind of to go out the, to the Were they the, the dog warriors? Yeah, the, the dog, dog warriors. I so, think that was what they're called. Yeah. Either dog warriors, dog soldiers, but they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're basically spies. They infiltrate yeah. and, and come in. I was actually thinking that it started a little further back uh, when he talks about the, the meteorite with the vibranium. Oh, yeah. And the heart-shaped herb, which, I mean, if you if you know the comics, you know a little bit about this. Of course, Wakanda is known and gets all of its advancement from vibranium. There's two types of vibranium. There's the Antarctic or Arctic vibranium and then Wakandan. And so this is, of course, it, so it comes there and it affects the plant life. It explains it, causes this herb to be, you know, which is how Black Panther gets his other powers, like his heightened sense and reflex and strength, is he takes a special vibranium-powered flower that's been mutated. Um, that's that's the only crazy, crazy bit about this. It's like magic or yeah. superpower, or mystical, is vibranium causes these plants to grow like Jumanji and he... Uh, takes he takes some drink some purple drink made purple from drink. Him. yeah that's so it's like oh my god it's purple drink but yeah yeah <laughs> but we, rose is right we do we do flashback to like uh you know the uh bo jackson times of of uh oakland and we got they're doing the arms deal and these women show up at the apartment right and they're just 
look like warriors wear and they're like show us and he shows the lip thing which plays a role throughout the deal they all have this lip tattoo they glow yeah that was really cool because that's how they identify wakandans in the wild i guess like they should they show each other you know what i mean so they're like oh i'm in amsterdam are you wakandan yo check it look at my lip look at my lip it's very it's very weird but it works yeah uh but I, i was also taken back that uh what was his name uh Ninjobu, right, or something like that. Yeah. Was was he was the prince, and he was the second to uh, King T'Chaka, who is T'Challa's dad. We saw him get blown up uh, earlier. That's In, all we uh, know. Civil War. Right, and him and his buddy are planning some kind of heist or fight or something. It looks like some gangbanger stuff's going down. Yeah. And then the king shows up and is like, "What's going on? We got jacked for some vibranium by Claw." And it turns out that his brother set him up. And the reason he knows this is his friend is also Wakandan. That was a crazy reveal to me. Yeah. I mean, like, oh, snap. (laughs) Yeah, like, we're nowhere into the movie. Like, very little into the movie. And Zuri ends up, like, being like, boom, I'm spying on you. And you're a spy. And you're the prince. But the king sent me. And you're like, oh, damn. Yeah. Already with the twists. And that's the entire opening, and it sounds crazy, but, like, it could, it, that literally could have been, if this was a show, a TV show, that would have been a whole episode. Yeah, If probably. not, too. <laughs> but we then we get back to the regular day where uh, T'Chaka, Black Panther, is coming back to be crowned uh, king and become the Black Panther for realsies. Yeah. But he's, first he's got to go rescue his girlfriend, or ex-girlfriend. ex <laughs> I know, that's never really straightened out, right? Yeah. It's his boo, okay? It's his boo. He, he's got his bae's in trouble. She's not really in trouble. No, she she's, knows what she's, she's doing. She's in Nigeria with uh, Boko Haram or whatever, getting hijacked with some other girls. And she's going to, like, probably has this whole plan to, like, have them take her back to their base and she can free all of the ones that have been captured. Yeah. Uh, but Black Panther screws it up by rescuing her in the middle of it. Screws it up by rescue. I love that. Yeah. That's, that's, that's accurate. But it's just funny. She was like, man, I was about to beat Coney's ass and you just popped in here. Oh, my God. Yep, pretty much. And so he rescues her, but she's like, what the heck, man? And then he's like, my dad's dead. I got to be king. And so she's sad. And so she comes back with him. And um, it's really funny to see those, like, the super relatable human moments, like where he chokes or freezes, where he freezes. Well, yeah, the don't her. freeze uh, line from the trailers. We get yeah. to see where that plays out. And he totally freezes whenever uh, he sees her and he doesn't know what to do. And he almost gets killed. Be- not really killed, I guess, because of it. But uh, he has to get saved because of it. Yeah. And uh, I loved that. It's like, you know, I think I feel like a lot of people... And a lot of guys, especially, can relate to that. It was it was just funny. I really, uh, you know, the scene didn't didn't take anything away, but it added to his character and her character. Yeah. So I liked it, and it showed us how the Wakandans get down their technology and stuff. The little beads that was all cool. That was uh, awesome. And then after, of course, they they introduce uh, Lupita Nyong'o's character. They all go back to Wakanda, and we get to see the Wakanda. Lives behind a force field inside a holodeck. Uh, yeah. So that that's how the outside world, if you wonder, how do they keep everyone from knowing? Because they have like this projection that looks like regular Africa. 
-hmm. we're third world. And then inside, it's like, you know, welcome to Valeria. Like a big city, yeah. Yeah. And it's not like, I liked how it wasn't like 100% pristine technology. Like they all weren't in like super clean outfits or whatever. And it wasn't the future. They were like, some of the city looked kind of like maybe not run down, but slightly eh. And then, no, it it looked right. You're right. Yeah. I appreciate that too. Yeah, there were levels. Obviously, levels of this area looks kind of like it might be the bad side of town or the worst side of town. And this part looks really amazing. You know, it looked like a real city. Well, they did a really good job in the in the layout of Wakanda of having like there's definitely like the super techno advanced looks like it's out of Guardians mm-hmm. area, like it's more advanced than anything Starks get. And then having these areas where it was like, oh, this is where we raise rhinos and live in huts and we were chill, but we still got vibranium and like shields. We just use it for yeah, farming and. And, <laughs> and they have like the, the marketplace side of town. So you can kind of see like how the average Wakandan citizen lives. It's... Which is, which was nice because it really does look like if you see pictures of like uh, Nairobi or Lagos or something like that, it looks like Africa, like yeah. modern day developed Africa in a big city. But at the same time, you knew that everyone's walking around. You could see them with like these high advanced devices on their wrist and knowing their clothes have vibranium in them. And it, it was all very cool to see that they didn't just like take the Africa out of it. Yeah. They didn't take the culture out of it or the, the idea of what it was real. They made it work and it yeah. works so good. I mean, it's hard to explain. It really does. It... Yeah. Like the, the costumes too. Like yeah. the costumes, I, I, I actually read an article um, about the like different um, styles of costume and like which tribes from Africa they were kind of pulling from. And they like pulled from all sorts of tribes and stuff. And it looks, it's like amazing how well um, they did to do like their cultural research and everything to make sure that it's all like ties in and looks you know, realistic and also pays tribute to like these African tribes. And it was, it was really, the costumes were also really well done in that same sense. Yeah. I really wish, uh, you know, I needed to, I haven't talked to uh, Shalom, my, my co-host from the nine stories about it. He's Nigerian and I would love to find out what he thinks about it yeah. because, because he, uh, I understand a lot of it was pulled from like there because that's one of the most populous points. And I know he's been to other parts of Africa. So I'd really like to see, what he thought of it. Uh, I also thought it was cool because we got introduced to the queen who we had met, yeah. who's, played, who's played by Angela Bassett. She does an amazing job. This is probably oh. one of her str- stronger performances in a while. And she's a great actress. So, again, getting her moment to shine. That's why I think the direction was so on point in this movie is because so many of the actors felt like the characters were perfect for them. And the way they, they portrayed the characters and the characters were fit in the story was just perfect, including Suri, the sister. Oh, Suri. Oh, my goodness. Who has to be the smartest person in the Marvel MCU. I think so. Like, definitely in the movies, in in the the cinematic universe, she is probably the smartest, uh, most intelligent person. Uh, and, And she's really, like, she's one of my absolute favorite characters now. I love her. She is hilarious and smart and sassy. And, like... I, I think she she really stole a lot of people's hearts from this movie. Oh, she did she did amazing like it was amazing portrayal. It was amazing writing on that everything. I, again, movie is 
like spot on in all of the acting and directing, I think. Yeah. Uh, and Suri just being, like you said, she's strong, she's bold, she knows what she's doing. But she's so, her technology that she develops is so advanced in how she gets, how she understands it and is so nonchalant about it. Like, you just know she has more. Yeah. And I'm like, unless Amadeus Cho exists in this universe, I just don't, like, she makes Tony Stark look like nothing. Yeah. Like, in two seconds. That's what's crazy, right? She's like, no, check out this. That's old school. Like, what we think is advanced, she's like, I've already upgraded and I like that whenever she, you really get like a real good sense of her character and the type of person she is from like her very first interaction with uh, T'Challa because she's yeah. he's like, she's like, I need to fix these uh, beads. And he's like, they worked perfectly. And she's like, yeah, but I can make them better. And it's like, despite the fact that she, they work just fine and she did a good job with these things, she knows that she can make them better. So she's not satisfied with it. So it's just, a, it's a really like, interesting she has a really interesting character and we get to know a lot about her and we feel like she's definitely not a side character that you get like a one-off couple of lines from and that's it no it's very it's very interesting you say that because that's what i was thinking i was like all these characters we talk about lapita nyongo we talk about uh angela bassett we talk about suri we talk about the leader of the guards like they they, none of these i would classify as side characters these are all supporting actors yeah in this movie, they all fit together. And I, you know one of the best parts, I think, why the portrayal works is, of all the Marvel movies, this is the most camaraderie I think I've seen. Like, Thor and Loki don't feel like brothers compared to this movie. Seeing yeah. Suri and, and T'Challa interact, they're instantly brother and sister. Yeah, you know, like, immediately. And, and then, like, the way they interact, even, like, the, the car chase scene where she's driving the car. Right. Oh, my goodness. That was such a great scene. I don't even like car chase scenes, but I could watch that over and over and over again. But, like, even just the way that, the like, the, oh, what, oh, oh, Okoye or whoever, I can't remember her name, but the leader of the guards, right? Yeah. The fact that she and T'Challa felt like they had been together forever. Yeah. Like, you definitely felt that she'd grown up. The interaction with Angela Bassett's character, the queen, uh, so good. Like, you felt like there was a lot that, they, that they'd that they already grown up. Like, that was their mom. Yeah. So it, all they, of, they just felt so close-knit together. Yeah, I agree. It and felt if, like real family, yeah. Yeah. Even, like, so I, I honestly feel like there wasn't... I'm trying to think if there was a character that I felt like didn't get enough um or i know there were ones that i wanted more from but at the same time i still feel like we got a lot of development even from like the like like uh um, umbaku i think umbaku umbaku oh my the God. leader of the white ape clan yes so he shows up cults, he shows yeah. up and it's like oh great here's this generic villain that like nobody cares about and he's totally about to get his ass kicked whatever and he does but then like he turns out to be really kick-ass. <laughs> Mbaku, you're right. I'm glad you brought him up in that context because here's the thing. I wanted more of him. Like, yeah. I would watch a whole movie yeah. on Mbaku <laughs> and the White Apes. Like, I was like, dude, he's – they're legit because they're the part of Wakanda that, like, shunned the vibranium technology world and said, look, we're going to live up in the mountains with the snow and everything and we're going to keep it real and we're not going to take advantage of all this. And they only show up because during 
uh, T'Challa's ceremonial, I guess, ritual throning. To become king or enthronement. whatever. Enthronement, yeah. Yeah. He, they have to, all the clans come together. I think there's five tribes. They all come together and say, you know, we're not going to challenge. We accept, you know, the Yeah, the and Black it gives Panther them the cult. chance to challenge for the crown if they want to. And the only one that does is M'Baku. He shows up. He's like, I'm going to take this crown back. And he doesn't, but he puts up a good fight. And then he comes back later in the movie, totally saves his life, and then is a total bro the rest of the movie. Oh, he's awesome. Like, I don't, I, I <laughs> again, I take him all day. Uh, we also meet uh, Wakabi, the guy in blue. The, the, oh, yeah. The race, the rhinos. He's uh, T'Challa's friend. It seems like they might be best friends. I don't, not really clear. He's also uh, Okoye's, the Lover? The leader, the leader of the guard. Yeah, they're they're together in some aspect. Or were. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, by the end of it, so they they do it. Um, and pretty much what happened was, when Claw came, they killed he killed his people, killed his dad, I think. Yeah. Wasn't it? And then uh, when they stole that vibranium. So it's very. Bad blood uh, there. Yeah, not like he's, great. he was wanting. So yeah, he, he gets his parents killed or his dad at least killed in this fight, and he's like, you know, this is ridiculous. We have all of this like technology and power. Why are we hiding? We should be going out there getting him, and we should be sh- asserting our dominance. And I think that that feeling just grew in him over the years, and he thought that you know, oh, my best friend T'Challa here. Uh, we're going to be best friends growing up, and I'll be able to convince him that I'm right and we need to do this. And then he wasn't able to. So he does kind of become a villain a bit, at least on the wrong side, uh, whenever Killmonger shows up. Right, uh, which we're, we're introduced to Killmonger around this point when he's in the museum. Yeah. He's, he's just looks like a, you know, he, he looks very Kendrick Lamar. He's just showing up, and he's in a museum, and he, he asks to talk to the curator ask about some pieces of African artifacts and stuff. And he's like, no, this isn't, that's Wakandan. And she's like, uh, no. She's like, excuse me, that doesn't exist. Yeah, that that can't be right. And he's like, no, it is. And he knows it's a vibranium. So he's like, I'm going to take it because your people didn't, you know, didn't ask when they took it, did they? And, you know, it's not for sale, I think is what she said. He said, I'm not going to buy it. Did your people buy it when they... And so, you know, there's there's a lot of that going on in yeah. this uh, about the colonizers. But anyway, we find out that he's working with Claw, that Killmonger is working with Claw at this point. And so they stage a robbery and, yep, they steal this piece of vibranium and they're going to take it to sell in South Africa because they also want to watch the Olympics. <laughs> uh, so they, they go to they go to South Africa Right to or not South Africa, South Korea, to make this sale. And uh, at the same time, I guess Chala's people find out that Claw is going to be there, so they head off. You know, to intercept. It's a Black Panther's ass. Yeah, um, he gets a new suit. We see that, and then yeah. uh, th- so they're in South Africa, and uh, who shows up? But uh, Agent Ross, Martin Freeman, Bilbo Baggins. Bilbo Baggins is there on an <laughs> unexpected journey. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so it turns out that they're the ones making the deal with Claw. 
And Claw shows up in Andy Circus is amazing. Yep. Uh, just amazing. Gross, full ham. Oh yeah, no <laughs> doubt about it. Like he's like, I get to be as insane as I want. Uh, <laughs> I get to I get to have a hand that turns into a sonic vibranium cannon, which is way cooler than the uh, big looking satellite dish that I get in the comics. <laughs> And it, they pretty much, yeah, fight a, a breaks out because he comes with the whole entourage, oh, and that that was that was amazing. They make jokes about him, uh, even they joke about his entourage, saying that he looks like he's about to drop a mixtape, and he's like, "I am. I'll send you the SoundCloud link." Oh my god, that was so weird. That was like such a great moment. Like it was weird, but it was just perfect it fit for his that character. character. Yeah, where he's just he goes off because. Um, because he comes in with this huge entourage, and so uh, freaking Martin Freeman's character is like, "Hey, uh, you you gonna try to drop a mixtape? You got your whole entourage here with you." And he's like, "Oh yeah, I'll, s- I'll send you the link. I'll send you the link to our our music." And it's like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> yeah, and I'm totally buying this. And guy I'm like, dropping, "Does he actually dropping a mixtape? No, he's he, dropping a mixtape. Is he actually dropping a mixtape?" <laughs> it's gonna be fire. It's, it's lit, as Chris would say. It's lit, fam. It's lit, fam. Uh, yeah, so the, of course, you know, it breaks out, everything happens. Uh they do catch Claw. Yep. And they take him to I'm guessing a CIA warehouse in safe South house Korea. uh black site, whatever you want to call it. And they're like, "Yeah, uh we're going to talk to him." Martin Freeman's like, "It's okay. We can handle it." And he's like, mm, I mean, Chala, when I say him, he's like, mm, I don't think so." So he's planning like listening devices on there. And of course, Claw starts telling Ross about Wakanda and their technology because he's been there and stole vibranium from them. And he's like, "Oh, you think I stole all their vibranium? Bullshit! I didn't steal nothing. They've got a whole mountain of it." And that's true. And then he's like, "Well, where'd you get your hand? That's high technology, better than you know, whatever was brought to Earth, even when the." Uh, Birdman, Batman, Vulture, Michael Keaton was selling it. Yep. Uh, oh, nope. Turns out it is indeed not Chitauri technology or anything like it. It's Wakandan. Yep. And right as Martin Freeman's starting to realize there might be some truth to this, uh, Killmonger and his lady friend show up and blow a hole in the wall. And take him back. And still claw who, of course, acts like a madman as he's being dragged out to a cherry tank. <laughs> so after. great. And it's all great. He's getting loaded into a van, and he's just going nuts. And then the chase happens <laughs> that Rose is talking about. And it is it is great. It is a great chase. Uh, right, this is the second no, chase. The, right? No, there's no, no chase the fir- there. No, no, the first chase. Yes, yeah, right. Because Martin Freeman gets shot, and this, so they decide to no, take that's him right. to The first chase happens when they're leaving the, the – when they capture him. Uh-huh. Because he tears his hand off and the Black Panther is going to perceive it looks like kill him. And then people whip out their camera phones and he's like, uh-oh, what are you going to do? Because you're on TV now. And he's like, damn it. And then Martin Freeman and everyone else shows up. And he's like, guess can't kill you. Yep. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, skip back. They break him out. He goes with them. Uh, so T'Challa has to go home and tell everybody. That he failed. I done goofed. Uh I can't, I can't get Claw. He slipped through our fingers. We had him, in, uh, which, of course, you know, doesn't make anybody, especially Wakabi, happy. Yep. And then they have to they have to heal uh, Martin Freeman. Yeah, because he got shot in the spine protecting, uh, or not Siri. I was, 
Uh, what's her What's her character's name? No, oh. I'm gonna have to look it up. Yep, I might have to look it up too because I do not remember. I, I think in the in the comic book she ends up being a bad guy, is from what I understand. The war dog is Nakia. Nakia, yeah. Yeah, so she's there, um, and she he takes a bullet. They they take it back. Suri does the deal. Goes, do 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 do. We're fine, you know. Fix you up, no problem. He's like, how long ago? And she's like, yesterday. And he's like, what? That's not true. Or hours it's ago. It's not possible. His or whatever. wounds completely healed. Yeah. 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 No, it's, uh, it, it is true. And yeah. And so then they have to explain to him that, yeah, the guy was, Claw was totally telling the truth. And he's, uh, they're, they're all actually a super rich, super high technology country hiding out in the middle of Africa with spies everywhere. And all this is true. <laughs> and we got all this technology. And it's also at this point that we flash back. And now that claw has been taken out with the killmonger, they're going, they're going to get on a plane and go somewhere and make a deal for all their lives or whatever, get paid. And it turns out killmonger is not interested in that. Nope. Not one bit. So Claw steals his lady friend, puts a gun to her, and is like, oh, nope, guess that's not going to happen. I have to bargain. Yeah, Killmonger doesn't care about her either, apparently. No, he's just like, and she, she like, that's the thing. You you can totally tell that she understands that he, she's going to die. Like, it's this weird, like, even though you don't know anything about that character, these brief, like, these brief moments show exactly what kind of relationship they had. And it was definitely a um, weirdly passionate one, but at the same time, totally, like, shallow. Because she said, I'm sorry, as he was getting, as right right before he shot her. And so I feel like at that point she was like, well, I screwed up, that means I'm dead. And I, I think she understood, like, it was just weird. It was, it was a really interesting moment that was really quick. But at the same time, spoke volumes for the type of character that Killmonger is, and the, the the type of people that he associates himself with as well. I think. Yep, and of course, it's about this time that we also learn from uh, oh, Forrest Whitaker's character, Ghost Dog, the African uh, <laughs> Zuri, that that uh, Eric Killmonger, the man that they saw during that breakout of Claw who was wearing a ring very much like the one that T'Challa was wearing, is the son of Ninjobu and is a prince of Wakanda. Oh, snap. Yeah, so turns now... out they left behind. So, yeah, so they we get, like, more of the flashback, I guess. Yeah. And we find out that, um, that uh, T'Challa does, in fact, kill his brother. Yeah, T'Chaka had killed... Or T'Chaka kills his had brother. Had killed Ninjobu, the guy from the beginning, or Ninjobu, uh, the guy from the beginning who we thought was a gangbanger but turned out to be working with Claw, who was a prince of Wakanda, and had a son who grew up to be... Killmonger. Because they left him behind. Because yep. T'Chaka chose in that moment that it was more important to just say that his brother disappeared than to admit that he had to kill his brother because his brother went 
um, went bad. Um, which yep. was, which is kind of shitty, <laughs> which is like, you know, and so, and that's, that's the whole thing that this, the story ends up writing on is that, um, they do, they do say that, you know, that was a mistake. He shouldn't have done that. He should have cared for the child. And so now he's having to fix this problem that, um, grew, uh, that became a problem because of T'Chaka's decision. Yeah, and it was kind of funny because Chuck actually did it defending Zuri, who grows up to be like the priest of uh, the Black Panther cult and stuff, and guards the the purple flowers and does his work. So, uh, so let me let me take of where we're at here next. Oh, so yeah, I guess we're at the part where Killmonger shows up at the border with the body bag, who has none other than Ulysses Claw in it. Dead. Yeah, who makes uh, Wakabi very happy, of course, because that's all he wants is revenge. Yeah. And now he gets it. Uh, And uh, this is the part we find out that Eric is actually Wakandan because he shows his lip tattoo and boom. Yep. He's there. uh, He's brought before the council, which is all the tribal leaders and the Black Panther. Yeah. And Suri and whoever else. And we find out not only is he Wakandan, He's actually a Black Ops Army Ranger Delta Force badass who's been going around killing people. So many people that all those little scars you see all over him. uh, Yeah, those are kills. Yeah. And not only that, but he's like, and and Martin Freeman knows this guy. Like his character knows this guy by name and knows exactly who he is because he's from the U.S. government. But his whole... uh, his whole thing was that they would their their units would go in and overthrow governments from the inside out. So that was like his whole thing that he would do. So that's what he plans on doing here in Wakanda because he sees it as his birthright since his father was murdered. Um and that whole that whole scene was really cool where um you know, he says, "You ask me my name, ask me my name," and they're they're shoving him out. And then the one guy asks his name, and he like just like throws it down. And it was like, oh my god, that moment was so cool. Yeah, and it really is. And then the fact that he is one of these war dogs, yeah, who Wakanda has designed to do exactly what he is doing. Only he learned to do it from the U.S. government because the Wakandans abandoned him. Yeah. And his father's whole idea at the beginning, we find out that the reason the prince wanted, was working with Claude, stole the vibranium and was doing it, was he wanted to spread all of Wakanda's technology and weapons and advancements with the rest of the oppressed people in the world, especially from Africa, and help them find their place in the world and help them rule. And now Killmonger has taken up that same goal, only he's come back trained and uh badass and decides that it's his right to challenge t'challa to yeah to challenge t'challa in that same combat that mbaku did and of course he has to accept because they got rules yeah i think that's the thing i don't think he necessarily had to accept i feel like it was because the queen was like telling him you don't turn this man away turn this charlatan away but he was like, no, I got, I like, he, he, he had to do it out of a like sense of pride. Because... I, I don't, I, I, okay, I'm gonna interject. Sorry, I don't, I know I'm cutting you off here, but I don't think he had to. I don't think he could not accept. I think she was saying deny his story, 
No one will believe him if you say that's true. He's not who he says he is. If he if he's not really one of us, if he's not really a prince, I don't think he if if he confirmed as a prince, he had to accept the challenge. Yeah, I think that since he knew that he was right, he knew he couldn't turn him away. Um, even if he he probably could have gotten away with turning him away, I feel like on a personal like uh, morality level, he wouldn't have been able to. Because he, he understood, by this point, he knows exactly who he is. He knows what his father had done. And he, he like, it's trying to pay for his father's sins in a way. Um, I feel like, because he feels like this is now his responsibility. Yep. I mean, no, that's definitely how it feels. I mean, both of them are paying for the sins of their fathers. Yeah. And so they go out to the waterfall where all of this ritual combat has to happen for whatever reason. Uh, Black Panther gets depowered of his purple flower power <laughs> and uh, then proceeds to, I'm not going to say get beat down, but he gets whooped yeah. and he gets thrown over a waterfall. Yep. And everybody's like, well, he's dead. And the queen and Suri like book it. Yep. They go to the mountains to find M'Baku and go, please help us M'Baku. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, um, the, the, ah, what's her name? The love interest. I forgot already. Uh, she goes to... She Malice. Back, she, yeah, Malice is her, like, comic, char- comic yeah. character name because she's actually a bad guy. Um, sneaks into the um, the purple flower room uh, just as uh, Killmonger is getting his power, his flower power. She yeah. steals one of the flowers just in time, too, because he's like, nah, burn this. Burn yeah, this stuff to the ground. Because after did, he gets the power, he's like, I don't want anybody else to be able to get it. Exactly. He does the smartest thing. He's like, oh, nope. Guess what? And now that I got the Black Panther powers, let's go ahead and make sure no one else can ever have them again. And uh, they they do it, of course, after Zuri dies. Yeah, Zuri dies too. He 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 admits that he, in an attempt to save T'Challa, he admits that um, he was the one that is the he was the reason for his father getting murdered, and so he kills him as well. Which is kind of true, but not really, because what happens yeah. is his dad kind of goes at him, and uh, T'Chaka tries to stop him and ends up stabbing him with his panther claws and killing his own brother. But anyway, uh, it, it this is where things get kind of weird for me story wise, because all of this I'm fine up until now. I mean, it's a little. It's a little ham-fisted that, that, of course, Killmonger shows up and, of course, he wins. Mm-hmm. But I'm just – I was kind of thrown off because I'm like, this this kid showed up and maybe he's a prince or whatever. But seriously, everyone just falls in line behind him. This kid has been here for like 24 hours. No one – like we're King Ralphing it and like no one's going to question the- Man, but I, I mean I kind of – I get that on one level, but at the same time, it's like – I also kind of understand what they're doing. And not only, and it's not just like, because um, he's got that one guy um, from the one the one tribe who's like super behind him because he's doing exactly oh, what well, he wanted Kabi, Chala yeah, did. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But it's more of a civil war. And I really do feel like that was the story they were trying to tell was that there were these problems in Wakanda below the surface and this was just an excuse for it to get lit. Mm-hmm. I like that. But I don't like the fact that like, T'Challa gets thrown over this waterfall. Of course he loses. He dies. Uh, or not dies, but, you know, he gets defeated. We think he's dead. 
Maybe. I I didn't think he was dead, but you know. No. You know, you you don't really ever think but he's dead. But he, he gets depowered and beaten down, and you're supposed to think he's dead. Of course he's not dead. We see the purple flower die, <laughs> but we see one get taken. So it's like, why this all exists with too many tells. Like, because uh, I, oh, there's one purple flower. I wonder where that's going to go. Like, that's, <laughs> oh, he got thrown over a waterfall, so we never actually saw his death. Wonder if he's alive. Like, I, I feel like that part didn't need to be taken. And I get that they need a way for him to take the throne without you know, question or whatever. Yeah. But I think at that point where he'd won, he'd won. And it was just, there, there's a little bit here that just rubbed me the wrong way. That's why I'm giving it the minus. But anyway, yeah, T'Challa's thrown over the waterfall. Uh, the purple flowers burned down. The prince and prince, or the, the princess and the queen are on the run. Everything's going bad. Uh, Cause Killmonger is sending out weapons. He's loading up transports to send out all these weapons and follow Wakabi's dream. Yeah. And Africans are going to take over the world. Yeah. And it's it's funny because, like, somebody made a really good point. It was like, because um, apparently some people were saying, like, well, isn't Killmonger kind of right? Like, shouldn't we empower all these people? And it, somebody was like, uh, no, like, we should, we, if he really wanted to help people and really wanted to uh, support people like that, he would have sent, like, Wakanda's, bulletproof clothing and tech other technology that would have helped them get out of the shitty situations they're all in not a bunch of weapons to turn them into soldiers to cause violence and i was like oh there you go that's a good point maybe but i think their point was more that like that would only keep them safe and he was talking about taking over a ruling yeah. not about finding like equal footing he's like look if we send out the weapons that the Wakandan have he's like we have pistols that'll take out tanks you know, yeah. we got we got vibranium clothing. Like no one would dare oppose us. They wouldn't be able to. Yeah, I mean, because these total world domination. Because these guys, I mean, we're talking about these guys have fly, f- flying aircraft that seriously, I mean, are Guardian of the Galaxy level. Yeah. Shit, like the, there's no way that they're there's no there the U.S. military wouldn't stand a chance. No one would stand a chance. That was kind of the point, I think. Yeah. He was like, we just take over. We could just do it if we wanted to, like they did to us. It's like, yeah, okay, whatever. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I get it, but uh, I don't know. Anyway, they, they go to back to the Jar- Jabari, which is uh, M'Baku, the white ape cult. They go back over there, and they're, they're like, hey, will you help us? You know, because it's will just... give you this purple flower to become strong. Right, Martin Freeman's characters with Suri and the Queen and uh, Nakia, Lupita Nyong'o's character, they're all up there. And it's right there that we find out that guess who's hidden in a frozen pile of snow? T'Challa. There he is. Yeah. So, woo. (laughs) So, yeah, they give him the, the purple flower. He's instantly healed up, ready to go. They go fight. And he he goes back, of course, with his Black Panther necklace that he has, which is way better than Tony Stark's. I mean, even the bleeding edge suit. This is a giant, like, claw necklace looking thing. You know what it is. It's, yeah. it's a Black Panther necklace. And the whole suit is hidden in there. That technologically advanced suit with all of his stuff is hidden in the necklace. That is badass. Yeah. And it's like, so the scene where she, so going back a little bit, the scene where Suri shows um, him the new suit's. And uh, she's got two of them. And one of them is the silver necklace that's really kind of, like, uh, more subdued. And then they've got one that's got the big, giant, gold 
kind of gaudy necklace. And, you know, he obviously chooses the the simpler looking one so he doesn't stand out. Um, But then they do this whole bit where um, she's like, punch it. And he ends up like kicking it really hard across the room. She's like, not that hard. She gets all mad with him like a sister would if he kicked over something. Right, right. And, you know, she goes and picks it back up. And then she's like, okay, now hit it again. Because she talks about the redistribution of the force that the suit does. And she starts recording it. And it's just a typical, like, brother-sister thing of her recording something that she knows bad's going to happen. But she doesn't tell him that something bad's going to happen. Uh, but, yeah, the suit's all in this this little tiny necklace. And it's it's fantastic. The suit has the only big power difference from what we saw before in Avengers and stuff uh, the biggest thing was, of course, the redistribution. It stores kinetic energy and other energies, uh, very X many in this yeah. deal. Where like when he's hit, he absorbs that power, kind of a cable style or bishop style, mm-hmm. where you know when you hit him with the blast, they power up off of it. So his suit powers up from being hit or being struck or being shot at, and he can then release that energy back. So that's how he gets his super runs and his super jumps and his power blasts and yeah. it, it, it works very well and it's a good i i like the explanation on that yeah uh, so anyway yeah they of course decide it's time to go back now to the capital of wakanda who i don't think was ever named they, they don't think i don't remember yeah it's just called wakanda <laughs> but they end up back in the capital in this you know in their techno city part where they got mag left trains made of uh, vibranium and really cool offices and such. And, uh, yeah, they, they have to stop Killmonger's plan. So, of course, Killmonger and Black Panther are going to fight each other in opposing Black Panther suits, I guess. Yeah, he takes he totally takes the other Black Panther suit that was left with the big gaudy gold necklace, right. which is actually more suited to that character anyway. So it ended up looking really cool. And then, yeah, they get back and fight, and the whole thing is that they have to, the other characters have to also try and stop the uh, weapons from getting across the border because they don't want the weapons to get out to the uh, soldiers. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a pretty good fight. It's a pretty epic end of the, end of the movie fight. Yeah, it's a, it's a good one because we find out that Martin Freeman's character was a Air Force pilot, was like an ace pilot before he got with the CIA. So they put him in the the simulator you know that 3d car looking thing also does planes so he jumps in one of those and goes to take down the the fighters and you have a good fake out about thinking that he's gonna die for wakanda there yeah um because he has to go fight them and they're trying to break in the building at the same time and he's trying to shoot down these planes and he's getting hooked and taken out from behind in his ship but he's in a flight simulator thing it's very it's very interesting it's Way better than I'm describing it because I'm shit yeah. at describing things. <laughs> it is a ah. really intense scene. Um, and yeah, you really do think that Martin Freeman is going to die. And then we also get to see the coolest part was uh, when uh, Nakia and Suri both don armor and Tron weapons. Oh my god. The freaking... Yeah, so so Nakia's got the like Tron-like uh, weapons. Disc, yeah. It's like her little the chakras or things. Yeah. yeah, but they've also got like lasers in them now because Wakanda technology. And then oh. Shuri's got those kick-ass like panther gauntlet things that shoot. The, they totally, they totally look like. Uh, I think the Black Ranger had them. Yeah, they look like <laughs> where he has like the power, power fist, things. where he's like, I can punch at them. It's like punch through rock. She put them on, and they're just like they, they, they are my least favorite 
a part oh, of technology or weaponry. No, I love the idea behind them, but they really do look like some cosplay shit. Like <laughs> they are literally just molded. Like that would be the easiest toy. They literally look like molded plastic panther goth. Like they're just looks like the head of a panther and it's hollow behind you. You stick your hand in it and you grab a bar and then you just start punching stuff. And you're like, Oh, panther strikes. And that's what it looks like. But she oh. does it and they have blasts. And of course they have, you know, vibranium-powered blast out of them. Uh, my favorite piece of technology was actually when we learned that Wakabi and his blue guy's army. The oh, blue yeah, man, they got the shields. The blue, the blue man group, right? They all wear, like, just these adamantium, <laughs> or adamantium, vibranium-woven, like, shaw blankets. Like, you see when people are on the Serengeti, when they do the thing where they stand on one leg and watch over their oxen or whatever. They have the huge old blankets. Yeah, it's just like a big blanket that covers them all over that they can hide from the dust and sun and everything. So those things apparently have like super high-powered energy shields in them. And they're just like, let's put those up. And then they pull out their swords, right? That was the coolest reveal, I think, whenever they were like, shields up. And then they go up the shields. And I'm like, whoa, where'd those come from? That was really really cool. And then they pull out like their Kopesh and it like glows. And I'm like, yeah. All their weapons are superpowered, and they just you kind of start having this. And then the door, the the female guards, you know, they're loyal to the they're loyal to this point to Killmonger because he's the king. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden, once she sees her husband, or I, I don't know if it's her husband, whoever Okoye sees, yeah, sees him getting getting you know crunk out there. Wakabi's doing his thing. They're like, oh no, she's like, I'm sorry, but we're gonna fight. So they start fighting. And, of course, we didn't see the rhinos that we saw earlier are apparently war rhinos. Yeah, they come out and they're in, like, all these, like, huge armor plates and they're, they hop on them and they're, like, huge, awesome mounts that they ride into battle. Yeah, these guys with, with the, the super-powered shields and glowing kopeshes apparently ride vibranium-armored rhinos. <laughs> And it is the it's the most Afro punk like that's that's what I'm gonna call it's it. It's really cool, and but I love the moment where he's running at uh, Koye, and the rhino just stops dead because and the rhino like looks at her and gives her like a kiss or whatever. Yeah, because she knows she knows and, him. Yeah, and so it's just like <laughs> she looks at uh, her husband or lover or whatever he is, and she's like, "See." Even the rhino knows better than to do this. It's just like, oh, snap. <laughs> yeah. And then, then then, we think that uh, for a minute it looks like Suri might get killed by Killmonger. Yes, for a hot second. And I was so worried. I was like, don't you dare do this. But, if you uh, kill this character, I will be this ruined. It'll be ruined. But T'Challa's having none of it. Nope. He's already got his suit powered up and he blows like... His Nova bomb and kills like everyone. I don't think he kills anyone, but knocks everyone that's back. yeah. And then he's like, "I'm gonna go Black Panther on you." Knocks him down. They have a fight on the mag rail thing, which of course they explained earlier uh, deactivates the vibranium. <laughs> the vibranium. Using I was son- like, "Hmm, I you, wonder where they're gonna have a fight at the end of the movie." <laughs> using sonic fields and maglev, like it's, it's a particle accelerator type shit that they're like, "Yeah, I keep it's fine, whatever." But it was kind of lame that, like, they're fighting and you see their suits phasing in and out. Yeah. And I was like, well, 
I guess this is the end fight. And I will say it was a lackluster end fight. It wasn't bad. Yeah, the, one, the fight specifically between the two of them only was not super exciting. I think it's because it was right after the huge fight with everybody that was really, right. really exciting. And then it just kind of dropped down to these two guys fighting in the subway type. Yeah, no, thing. it really was. It was just a Wakandan subway. That's what it felt like. It was a subway <laughs> fight. It was like, oh, I saw the Matrix. Yeah, there's subway fights. Because I, I immediately when I left, my number one complaint was this fight. Yeah. Um, and it's and, remained that way. And they did the they they keep doing this in the Marvel movies, and I was hoping they would have learned at this point. But they just keep making their villains one off villains. Well, like, I, than, I, like, I wish they would. I wish they would. I wish Loki was a one off villain. That's really <laughs> no, my my <laughs> argument's exactly the opposite. One off villains are fine. Just stop relying on Loki because. Personal take, hot take here. Loki is not that great of a villain. People just, just like Hiddleston. That's it. Yeah. It's well, no it's one cares about his character. I feel like at the at, when it comes to Killmonger, I think that um, despite the fact that he's, you know, a really bad bad guy, um, you really do feel for him. He's got this weird likable side and the fact that he was abandoned and that his father was murdered and he had to go in and find his dad's dead body and he's this and he was left behind so he never got to see his real home and everything. It's just you you really get this sense of sorrow and 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 love almost for this character. And then um at the end of the fight, you know, Black Panther's like maybe we can heal you and Deep down, I think that's what everybody wanted for this character is like, yes, we want him to be healed and redeemed, even though I think that if you think about it, he probably can't be. It's like he's he's gone too far. And I think it's like one of those things everybody knows that, but you still want you still want him to be redeemed after all he's been through. And he's like he's like, No, I'd rather I'd rather be dead than um than in in bondage because he figures he's going to be in jail or whatever the Wakandan equivalent is and he's like no i'd rather be dead and so he i I have no sympathy for him personally oh yeah i don't know it's just like there's it's not that like i don't know for some reason a part of me really wanted him to be redeemed um i think because of what happened to him as a child but at the same time it's like i think i know that he's He's killed so many people and his heart is filled with so much hatred and, you know, he's messed up kind of a lot. <laughs> um, so I know he probably couldn't have been even if they decided to go that route. But yeah, it's just, it was a really uh, sad, bittersweet moment when the when he was finally defeated and he pulls the the blade out of his chest and falls over. I thought nah. it was a very somber moment. I want to touch on that, but there's something that, that we forgot that I really want to touch on. Uh, when this battle starts, right? Mm-hmm. They they had asked the Jabari, the mountain ape people, oh, yeah. who, who Mbaku, and then they were like, "Well, you help us," and he's like, "Nope, you're on your own." And this battle's going, and they are losing, right? Uh, yeah. Wakabi's people are winning. They're closing in with their shields. It looks like the girls are done. Everyone's about to capture. Even though the Black Panther might win, they might lose the war. Like, there's yeah. still this possibility, right? Yeah. Of the Black Panther beats Killmonger, comes back, and finds out that his side lost the war. What does he do? Which I thought was kind of interesting of maybe where they were going. Yeah. But the Jabari show up, and Baku 
comes in saves and, the day like a true bro. Oh yeah, he 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 just shows how badass he is and starts tearing through people. He's like, this is why we, this is why we are uh, the monster beast men. And he just shows them, and it, it, it's cool, it's awesome. Can't get over it. Uh, now back to this last scene with Killmonger here. You know what I didn't like was his whole like he was so hard up trying to be redeemed. I feel like this is the first time they tried to sell the redemption thing. Yeah. And he was like, oh, all I ever wanted, my father said that there was nothing like seeing Wakanda at the sunrise or sunset or whatever. And I, I got to do it. And I, I can't believe never. So I'm like, dude, you were king of this country. You couldn't take two seconds. You couldn't wait 24 hours to catch a sunrise and a sunset. And Before then, you decide to send off your. <laughs> yeah. And then, then piss off the, everyone else and start a war. Like this was your fault. You didn't yeah. have to do this. You could have uh, so waited. I, I was actually not sympathetic. I was actually like pissed off at the stupidity of like, <laughs> why did this dude, why did this dude try to do this? We could, if it was that important to you, if this is the thing you want to see before you die, then yeah. why didn't you do that when you had the option to? I can yeah. understand if you never could like your whole life, but th- that was literally what your wife was building for was that one moment and you finally Listen. got it. They, they had to move the plot along. <laughs> no, and that's why. That's why I'm saying. That's why I was so mad at this last piece. Like everything but Killmonger and Wakanda is great. It's the Killmonger and Wakanda part that I have so many issues with because it just feels like, well, he's got to go to there and he's got to reveal that he's Wakanda. It's like, yep, you're right. Then he's got to take the throne. And we got to do that. It's like, so how do we get rid of T'Challa? He can go over a waterfall. <laughs> it's like well that gets him out of the way yeah we'll just ride him back within the next 10 minutes and uh give him back his black panther powers too and uh all of that it's like what <laughs> and then they'll have a fight where it's really anticlimactic. we'll have a whole big uh battle royale that's the soul of wakanda fighting for itself and uh make sure that no one shouts wakanda forever during that because that would be too awesome and uh <laughs> Uh, right because that's this is what i thought like i'm gonna pitch my ending here and i have the hindsight of having seen it and feeling what was right or wrong their their power should have been deactivated when they hit that rail their suits yeah they fight like completely like gone away they fight he beats killmonger down but doesn't kill him leaves him there broken goes back up suit still deactivated right uh-huh. sees his side losing. Wakabi and them are winning. Even M'Baku is down. It's like M'Baku, Suri, the Queen, uh, Lupita Nyong'o, and uh, Okoye, right? Uh-huh. Like, we're down to the five main characters. And he's like, you, you've lost or whatever, right? And then, they, 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 like, he's there by himself. And then the other people, like, regular people show up. And then he does the cross arms things. They yell Wakanda forever in charge. Like that's how it should have gone down. Then afterwards we find out that Killmonger has disappeared. Even though he's beaten bloody, couldn't move when we last saw him. He's disappeared. So he's, is he dead? Is he not? Doesn't really matter. Gives us the option maybe. Yeah. And we get the epic battle scene of actually seeing Black Panther fight for Wakanda, not Black Panther fight for Black Panther. Yeah. That would be cool. Big, I like that's the idea the big of... Takeaway. Yeah, I like the idea of having like the the citizens of Wakanda show up and be like, "Oh hell no, 
Right. It's not just the warriors fighting each other. Because right now it looks like the ruling class of Wakanda, just these five big tribes, yeah. two of them are pissed off at each other. And it would be nice to see the other one show up and be like, stop this. Yeah. It's not, they're not siding with the king. They're not siding with Wakabi. They're just like, stop. We are Wakanda. Yeah. That would have been cool. I'm just saying. Of course, I have the hindsight of seeing it and, and having mm. felt it, but that's it. And then, of course, you know, they all have their, we're all okay and alive. Let's do a check and everyone show off who's alive and who's not. And, uh, you know, score some brownie points and remind people that there'll be other Black Panther movies. And that's that's the end of that. Yeah. Uh, what, there was post-credit scenes. Well, I guess there were mid-credit and post-credit. There was a mid-credit, which uh, the mid-credit one. What happened during that one? I remember the end oh, that, credit. The, the That was the one where they fly in, where the kids are at the basketball. Oh, yeah. They're at the same basketball court where Killmonger was when his dad was killed. Yeah. Uh, they show up in their Wakandan plane that looks like, you know, the... The bat wing, they show up, blow it, land it. And he's like, oh, my God, the kids are all freaking out. Uh, they say it's his. They say, oh, they're going to tell down these apartments and all this. And he's like, nope, this is going to be the first Wakandan outreach center. And it turns out that he is going to middle ground it and not help people take over. But he's going to help spread Wakandan technology and advancements and yeah. everything out to the world and try to help people. In an outreach kind of a way. Yeah. And I like the at the very end of the movie, before the post-credits, when he's, like, doing the, uh, the, what what is it, a, a, like, like a news thing where he goes to, like, a Oh, a yeah, the conference. United Nations, yeah. Yeah, and he's like, you know, we're actually going to start um, sharing our, our uh resources and then the people who are there are like that's nice what does a third world country in the middle of africa have to offer us this was basically yeah. what they said and they no, give that's them a exactly grin. what they said and it was just like oh man you have no idea yep. <laughs> love it and i think it's it's good this movie was did a really good job of giving some representation to african americans and uh other um african people african people <laughs> period and i think that they did a real they didn't like make it stereotypical they didn't um go too far with it one way or the other i think it was a really good solid movie to not only that like i could enjoy but like can really speak volumes for people who need that representation in film and tv and comics and those kinds of things i think that it did a really good job of that yeah and then the, uh, I mean, like we'll we'll, we'll kind of we'll, we'll finish off with that. Um, now there was a final credit post credits yes, scene with Bucky who has no arm. That's right, because it's when I guess when he got took there after the events of previous Marvel movies, and he's being rehabilitated or whatever. Yeah. And Suri apparently is uh, behind that is going to be the reason why. So having seen what technology they have, I can say I'm really excited for Infinity Wars because it looks like if the Wakandans take a side, they're offering a lot more than just Black Panther. Like they could outfit yeah. all the superheroes. Yeah. I'm pretty sure if Iron Man needed a new suit, Suri could more than whip one up. Um, so something that was surprising to me 
was that I thought maybe we'd get a hint for the the last um, the last Infinity Gym. No, oh, maybe no. it was hidden somewhere in Wakanda, but we didn't. We I thought maybe it was going to be in Wakanda somewhere, but it, we didn't get any sort of hints for it at all. No, I think that's the big root. I think the first movie is going to be about that. Yeah, probably. It's going to. I don't think it'll be about just that stone, but I think it's going to be about him gathering, and it's probably going to end with that. Him finding the final stone and needing it. Because I don't think he could two-part a movie where he already has a stone halfway through. Because then what yeah. are we waiting on? He might get it <laughs> at the end and do something with it. But I don't think it's going to start out with us knowing uh, a stone already. Uh, but I, I, I would be down for it being in Wakanda somewhere if they didn't know. It just seems like somebody would know. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, but real quick, let's... I just want to break down the cast because it was it was really good we don't have to go we don't have to go in depth step by step here but let's just uh talk about it real quick chadwick boseman who was black panther's child uh that guy has amazed me in almost everything he's done so far that i've seen him in yeah and this was no deal like marvel cast some really great actors in the right roles yeah and i I got i've got to say uh, he's up there with uh, with Robert Downey Jr. being Tony Stark. Yeah, I think he is he is spot on perfect casting character for this. Yeah, I think it was great. Uh, of course, you know he's opposed by Killmonger, Eric, mm-hmm. uh, Michael B. Jordan. Michael Who B. Jordan. I also love. Michael B. Jordan is Michael B. Jordan. I um. I'd say of all the casting, he's probably my my least favorite, but that's still to say like a B plus. Like it's not a bad, it's not a bad casting. It's just I I think he's he was maybe too high profile to be. Uh, he's maybe just too high profile to have that character because it's kind of hard not to see him as his other characters that he's done before. Yeah, that's that's it. Uh, Lupita Nyong'o is an amazing actress. Yes kind of poured herself into the skin uh everyone else that kind of falls together there not to just bunch people up but like wakabi suri uh martin freeman is ross okoye um imbaku those guys are really the glue that holds this whole thing together that i i don't think i could say a bad thing about them at all yeah and the girl that the, I'm going to like just keep doting on Suri, but I, I love the crap out of her. So, um, oh, yeah, that, no, that actress was fantastic. She is. I mean, the, the, I would say that right now. Winston Duke is in Baku is dude is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I think about the, all these characters, it makes me happy. Just like all the great little things about them, like even Mbaku, who do we didn't even get to see that much of, you the the little things that they do, you just all you can do is smile. I mean, it's just it's <laughs> the the dad coming back as T'Chaka is cool, but he was probably the least interesting of all the throwback characters. It was cool yeah. to see him in the flashback screen scenes, but I didn't, yeah. there's a, we didn't touch on this, but there's this when you take the Black Panther juice and you you lay in the red sands and get buried and have this whole ritual to get the black panther powers you get to go talk to the spirits supposedly and we see that 
and they appear as panthers in a tree, and then they talk, and it's, it's very Lion King, Mufasa and the stars. Where it was really cool looking. The it was. It was. was really neat. But uh, I didn't really care for those scenes too much with, well, like the content. And they stuff. did feel a little cartoony. Yeah, it very much. That was the point where I was like, I think when that happened the first time, I was like, oh my god. Am I watching the the live action Lion King? Because that's what it feels like. Like there's a little a, bit, yeah. There's an evil uncle who, you know, his dad died. He's just <laughs> he's just about to be king. And now he's gonna talk to his father who's dead in the stars. Remember like, who right. you are. That, that's what he, pretty much what he tells me. <laughs> Oh my god! And I'm like, Forrest Whitaker's <laughs> over here being Rafiki, and I just, oh my I, I don't think I can. It's so true. It didn't. It wasn't. I want to be clear. It was not that, but it felt so much like <gasps> that at the beginning that I was worried it was going to. I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna plot out the Lion King in my head because I think I'm about to watch it. But it was seriously that was the only bit. But I mean, and by itself. The the aesthetic is really pretty. He's got that oh, white suit on and the like galaxy cosmos colors going on in the sky with the really dark colors. Um, it's but, it's yeah. very it's very cool. But I just want to say that. And then uh, the big actors that were Gatto with or featuring or whatever and and whatever it was I can't remember. Uh, in the credits we got Angela Bassett as the Queen Mother. We got Forrest Whitaker as Zuri the High Priest. And keeper of the herb, which which Forrest Whitaker probably is the keeper of the herb. (laughs) Andy Serkis as a crazy claw, Claw, Dr. Claw. Uh Dr. Claw. Now I want to see him play Dr. Claw in in Inspector Inspector Gadget. Gadget. Uh, (laughs) No, I I think it's uh, all all three of those guys. I mean, what do you expect? You get you. These are all Oscar-level actors giving Oscar-level performances. Yeah. Forrest Whitaker came out of nowhere uh, with this performance because it felt like nothing I've actually ever seen him do before. Yeah. Andy Serkis is a madman. And Angela Bassett, just being bold and strong but not as brash and as forthright as she usually is. That's how I'm going to put that. Like so, so classy and refined. Queen. She was queenly. Yeah, she was like queen. Yeah. So regal. I mean, like, if there was one part of this that felt like there was royalty in it, it was her. Because even though T'Challa's king, and even though Suri's a princess and stuff, they're more caught up in being heroes and scientists, and kids, like and younger people. Yeah, like kids and young adults. You know, they're 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 not kingly or sophisticated. She was. She was the very definition of queen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, even when they're hiking through the mountains, you can tell, like, she is not trying to be a pain. She's not going to make people carry her stuff. She's not going to do this. But she's going to be damned if she's going to be hiding in rags. Like, she's going to wear yeah. <laughs> her her stuff, and she's going to carry herself, and she's not going to, you know, she doesn't look away, and she doesn't shy away from what saying her piece and having her place. Uh, overall, the acting and directing to me just – Shout outs to everyone that was in this and everyone who did this because I mean whew, Ryan Coogler, yeah. you uh knocked it out of the park. Like this is to be the eighteenth entry in a film franchise and be one of the strongest. Yeah. That's amazing on its own. To make this movie I mean, I think this thing has half a billion dollars. Really? Yeah, I think I think it had two hundred I know it had a two hundred million dollar budget. 
and I know it already crossed 250 like the day before last or whatever. So it, it's I don't know where it's at now, but this this if this became the highest grossing film of all time, I wouldn't even be mad. Yeah, and I want to go see it again. Oh, I'm going to see it again. I just I'm so amazed that I'm just so amazed that it that it's got the response it's got. I mean, yeah, I know it's a Marvel are movie, loving it. But I I think that it drew in a crowd that normally doesn't really care about Marvel movies. I think that it it definitely got good buzz, deserved buzz. Like I I was you know I I was on trailer embargo all last year, mm-hmm. and I'm not now. And I was worried about the hype around this movie because everyone's like, oh, it's gonna be so great, it's gonna be the best movie of the year, it's gonna be the best Marvel film of all year, and all these reviews were coming. I was like, all right, now I kind of don't want to see it because it's only gonna let me down, and it did not. Yep. I felt, with all the hype, it stands up to it. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like I felt like going in, there was no way that it was going to live up to all this. Because everyone's like, it might be the best Marvel movie ever. And I was like, I don't even know what the best Marvel movie is. And then after watching it, I'm like, it might be the best Marvel movie. <laughs> it might be the best. It might. It might be the, the best one. It's uh, definitely up there. Well, like, I, think the, I think that the thing that Marvel did right this time around for me and this, this entry into the MCU is... They made a movie that stands up on its own. Like, if you have not watched the rest of the Marvel films, you can watch this film and enjoy it. Yep. And that because says... You don't really lot. need it. Like, yeah, you know that uh, the only thing that you you miss is that you know that they've... Uh, that Martin Freeman's character and Ch- T'Challa's character have met before. But it's such a brief moment and it really does not matter and they kind of they movies. kind of really established that because he's like, yeah. oh, guess who's here? And then they 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 explain he's a CIA operative, what he's doing there. You you lose none of it. Yeah, exactly. So it's I mean I I thought that it was really really amazing job of fitting this many characters this ensemble into this story. Like it told a great story and still introduced great characters. Uh that's just great directing. Yeah. Great writing and directing. Yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely. Great everythinging. <laughs> and then to have the actors pull it off so seamlessly, to have that many people share time and not feel like anyone got the shaft, like we didn't know anything. Like every character in this film, I feel like that was important to the story. Or you probably see on that poster that has like 20 people on it. You yeah. know who they are. Yeah. You know the type of person they are. Yeah. And you know, like, probably their likes and dislikes. You know how they would react to certain situations. Like, I would they say, I would, them out pretty I would well. say, I would say, you know more about them than we probably do all of the Avengers that were crammed into, like, the last Civil War or something like that. Yeah. Like, they get more screen time than that. Yep. And it's just, I, I, this actually makes me believe that Infinity War with 60 plus characters could be great because I'm like, they did a damn fine job with like a dozen. Yeah. Cause I didn't feel like I needed more of any of them to get the story done. I would have liked more of all of them. Yeah. That's the thing. It like, it le- left you wanting more of them for sure, but it did not leave you thinking that you, you, something was missing. Yep. And I mean, that's what a movie's supposed to do. Right. So I guess mm-hmm. that's, that's good because that's definitely how I felt. I left and I was like, you know, what? I won't, I wish I knew more about every single one of these people. Yeah. But I don't feel like I didn't get enough of any one of them. Yeah, exactly. But uh, go see it if you haven't already. For yes. Reason. 
go watch it. It was so good, you guys. <laughs> uh, that's all. That's all I have, really. Honestly, yeah. like I, I've touted this. I I can't say enough good things about it, which is unusual for me. I'm I'm just telling you right now. Uh, go see Black Panther. If there's one hundred percent. If there's a Marvel movie that you need to see right now, the right this instant, it's that because it will give you hope for other Marvel movies if nothing else. Thank you for listening to the Nerdtastic Podcast. And as always, a shout out to the Nerd Podcast Mafia. Hey, this is Steve from Dinner and Podcast. This is your boy Joey from the So Wizard Podcast. Speeding down with Code 45. This is John from Superhero to Speak. And you're listening to the Nerd. You are listening. You're listening to the Nerd Podcast Mafia. Entertainment, your ears. Your ears. Your ears. Your ears, your ears can't refuse.